Welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. We are back. My name is Daniel. I uh, am Daniel Cotton from Twitter. You may know me from there. And this is Jarrett Reddick, who you may know from Bowling for Soup. Say hello, Jarrett. Hello there. Um, Man, lucky 13. That's a big Bowling for Soup thing, you know? The whole 13 yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. How how old is this show now? We've got to be coming up on like two years, right? <laughs> we've done 13 episodes. Yeah. I was looking, I, I just, because I, I had a quick check back to refresh my memory and stuff, and I had a look at when we last did one, and it was January, and the description you've put out is like, happy 2020. <laughs> and then I was just oh, like, Jesus wow, Christ. no, it was not. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny because, well, it's, you know, I mean, I guess the year started okay, right? I mean, we, we had high hopes. We, we came over to the UK. We did a tour. It yep. was amazing. Like our biggest tour ever over there. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, coming back from that, you know, we were on cloud 180, you know, and um, then we played, let's see, one more fly show after that, and then we went down and played this this is actually quite funny <clears throat> the coronavirus thing had started and we were starting to hear about it or whatever and this is uh second week of march i believe because it was a mardi gras thing down in galveston so we go down to galveston and we play this show and <laughs> i shit you not daniel coronavirus is starting to make the 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 news and we play the corona stage <laughs> at, uh, in Galveston, you can't write this, right? No. So I, no. I obviously made several jokes that night, you know, about it, and and not anything, you know, that I was. It was mainly just the fact that hey, coronavirus is the corona stage, just kind of stating the obvious kind of thing. And and also just to just to put people's memories back at that point, you're talking what second week of March. Mm. It was just kind of a joke. It, 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 nobody had any fucking idea. Nobody no. knew what was going to happen. No. So it was it was free reign, same as everything else. Well, that was just it. I mean, there was like these, there were like there were the kind of these warnings starting of like you know maybe it's not a good idea to be in groups, and quite frankly, a lot of people got it from those events down there from from that. Um, but yeah. you know, again. It was super, super early. I mean, people weren't talking hospitals. There was toilet paper everywhere. And that shit, I mean, just with it, I think it's like a week, 10 days later, maybe, the world was just turned upside down. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. And then, you know, I remember, and, and we're just talking 2020 now. I, I won't get into anything that, you know, we have scheduled to talk about. But um, I remember, you know, our, we had the we had some shows in late March scheduled. Maybe it was early April, but it was in the Northeast. Uh, it was late March, and so two weeks after we had played the Corona stage, <laughs> and uh, we had some some shows up in Atlantic City and uh, New Jersey, and a bunch of friends were talking about flying up there to these shows and and all of this. And I remember telling my manager like, dude. You know, is this is this gonna happen? Like a bunch of people are canceling shit. Like, and yeah. oh, you know what? At that point, and he wasn't wrong, but let's leave it up to the venue. You know, we'll leave it up to the yeah. venue. We'll leave it up to the venue. We we started getting a little bit closer, and I was like, you know what? No, fuck that. Like, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, and uh, and then we get into like April, and 
we start to, uh, you know, I'll get into what I did performance-wise later when we talk about catching up. Um, but we we basically kind of hunkered down. Our kids never went back to school from spring break. That's a, they, they get a week out in March. It's called spring break. Yep. And the kids never went back. And so we just started hanging out with the same two families, and we locked ourselves away. And first it was six weeks. Then it was another six weeks. And then they're like, you may have to do this all summer. And I remember us talking about, like, we could do this all summer. But we really didn't believe it. And then yeah. we fucking blink our eyes, and we did it. It was like, okay, now we've got to figure out what to do with our kids to go back to school. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely had high hopes for 2020, <laughs> the first uh, <laughs> eight to ten weeks, you know. And, uh, I mean, man, we had it. Our schedule was awesome. And our, I mean, it was just perfect. It was exactly the year that we wanted, I mean, to give – Gary kind of a break from touring. We were doing like two weekends a month, but they were real spread out. So we were going to cover a lot of ground. And then we had our Christmas tour that we, you know, we, which we would be hyping right now uh, about to go <laughs> over and do in the UK, you know? And uh, anyway, that took quite a turn. So uh, here we are. <laughs> episode 13. Yeah. Still on Happy 2020, tour. everybody. Happy 2020, everybody. <laughs> Fucking Eddie Man, Van Halen, I, I, you know? I re oh, Jesus, uh, yeah, and, and that's just that's just the one in recent memory. I mean, yeah. fuck, um, yeah. I remember sitting so the last the last day of the February tour in Brighton, and I remember sitting backstage that day, and news was coming in from I think California that they'd um, quarantined a flight on the runway, and. That was the first point of the whole tour where I'd seen Dave get a little bit Dave, and he was like, "Fuck, do you think do you think we're do you think we're not going to be able to get home?" Because I could see in him he was he was thinking about that fucking ash volcano oh, shit yeah. that got you stuck here last oh, time, right? Yeah, and yeah, he's just like, "Oh shit!" But then it turned out that plane had come from China, I think, and that's why it was quarantined. But right, yeah. So yeah, I remember I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, maybe this will." affect people for a couple of days and then no went back to work everything was normal and then there was just a day my boss rang me he's like um yeah so everyone because my boss is, is in the different office and he was like in the manchester office they're starting to send people home but it's up to you if you want to go home um and i was like no fuck that i'm not i'm not packing up all of my equipment taking it home yeah all of that only to have to bring it back in a couple of days i'm not bothering with that and he was like, yeah, no problem. Entirely your choice. And then he rang me back about 20 minutes later and said, no, you have to leave. <laughs> and, uh, and I've never been back. So <laughs> I've, it's, it's weird. I've actually not been back into the city center. I've not been to Manchester in seven months. This is the longest I've not been on public transport. It's the longest I've not done so many yeah. things. It's such a weird, weird Yeah, time. I mean, you but, know, it's uh, all of it, right? I mean, I haven't been, I've been to, I think I've eaten at one restaurant um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we, it was kind of, as things kind of started to relax, we all, we went to you know, my escape room club, went and did an escape room and went out and club. It's not a club. It's the same fucking people <laughs> I'm with every day. It's, you know, it's the same two families and, and it's your only friends, right? It's, that's all I have, you know, find fun Jarrett on his new site. Only friends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants. You know what? I bet I could make a shitload of money on that. I, I bet I could. 
you know, I, it'd probably ruin Bowling for Soup forever. But uh, <laughs> but I would fucking laugh all the way to the bank. No, no more Disney contracts. That's for sure. Oh shit, you're right. My day job too. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Well, we're not gonna do that then. Um, I. Uh, uh, so the the first thing is then what is the latest with. Rolling for Soup with you. Obviously, we know there's been a tour announced. We know yeah. there's been an album recorded. So what's... Tickets just went on sale today for our uh, UK tour that we're doing in May. A lot of people asking, you know, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? And, and and I'm just, I think transparency and honesty is the right way to go. Um, absolutely not. But I think the best thing to do is to plan ahead. And you know from anything that we've ever done, we will 100% make sure that everybody is taken care of. Um, you know, I, I feel like the world is going to be back, you know, to at some, you know, it, it, I, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know. A lot of people are saying after this American election, you know, then they'll, everybody will get their shit together. And, you know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that seems like a, an odd placeholder to me. Um, yeah. I do feel like that, that we'll figure this out and by May we'll be fine. And quite frankly, I need it to look forward to. I think our fans need it to look forward yeah. to, you know, and yeah, um, absolutely. So and, and I do just want to say that you have to understand that this is the tour that would be happening uh, here shortly. Um, and so obviously the, the a lot of complaints because we're not going to Manchester, we're not going to Glasgow, you know, on all of that. Uh, it's important to note that as far as touring is concerned, we just did that. In February, so this would have been these these shows were sort of already happening. Uh, they they be called our our B markets, um, where you go, you know, and so it's basically just extending yourself and doing the rest of 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 the places that we go. Um, and so it it's not that we don't want to go play those uh, the the major cities. Um, that that will just be the next thing we do. We always do yep. this, and so no reason to be mad at us. We're um, we're doing the best we can. I'm excited about it. Tickets are on sale now. There's the normal VIP packages. However, I can't promise you that it's going to be a photo with us standing right next to you, uh, but it will be some sort of fun thing that we put together. And might actually be better than that anyway, because you'll have the story to tell, you know. Um, but you're right. You know what I just thought of, Daniel, is that I guess we had been hearing about the whole coronavirus thing the whole time that we were there. Because we were doing the thing where we didn't shake fist hands. Bumps, yeah. And we were doing mm -hmm. fist bumps. And we weren't putting in people, you know, they couldn't hug us and things like that. And we were, you know, everything was real social distance. But we were still doing it. You but, know, we but that's... I guess that's because from from your perspective and obviously everyone's perspective, but you especially, you don't want to get sick on the tour. Sure. And that was the main thing. That was, was the main thing. I don't thing. want to catch a cold right now right. Was, was all the thinking process was there. You're exactly right. It wasn't, we didn't know really what coronavirus was. It was just that we didn't want to get sick, period. Yeah. Uh, and then the the other thing was get sick and have some symptoms and not be able to go home or get home and have to quarantine or something like that, you know? Um, so there's a lot of things playing in that, but, and the reason why I just backtracked is because I had completely forgot, I had completely blocked that out of my mind that we were concerned with it then. And then I guess it just kind of kept building and building and building. I think the other thing is for you guys, then you're away from home. Yeah. You, you, you're literally working, you're on the tour. You don't want to get sick on the tour. You don't want to get sick in another country, yeah. you know? So that's, 
it's yeah, a whole and, different and world. We and we do you got back home and you were comfortable again. Yeah, so we do get sick over there. You know, people know the there, there's the age old story of the you know we spent thirty thousand pounds to make a DVD and I was so sick it'll never see the light of day. The show was fine, it was great, but I sounded like a fucking frog, <laughs> and uh, you know nobody needs to hear that. Uh, but yes, the tour is an exciting thing. Uh, another thing that came out of COVID, absolutely 100% COVID uh, did this, was, you know, I wasn't seeing my dudes. We were doing hangouts on Facebook, and, and I, we're going to start that back up again, obviously. Chris is still locked in his house. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quarantined right now. Uh, oh, that, oh, that's another thing. We had to postpone the live stream because I got exposed to it. We're still symptom-free, and actually when this comes out, we will be free to go back to our life of the one or two houses that we're allowed to go to again. <laughs> um, and uh, But yeah, so another thing that came out of that was just like, man, fuck it. Let's just do an album, you know, like I want to hang out with you guys. I And so, and you know what? We're not going to do it in Dallas because when we do it in Dallas, we drive there, we record for the day, we drive home. We don't spend any time together, you know, and we haven't done a destination record where we go somewhere and just make an album. We haven't done that since uh, Sorry for Partying. So we're just going to do it. And so um, some big differences were that, you know, Linus didn't feel comfortable traveling um, and so he, but he's still involved in the record. We still did the pre-pro. He's still going to be mixing and, and that stuff. Uh, but yeah, we didn't want to fly, but I wanted to go do something cool. And, um, Rob's brother, Ted and Rob had been in this really cool studio up there right near where they live and sent pictures. And I was just like, that place is cool. The, the guys are cool. Fuck it. We're coming up there. We're going to record an album. And uh, so I just told the dudes, like, hey, we're going to go to the Poconos and, and make an album. And, of course, Gary's like, we're doing what? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, at first he was pretty, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say standoffish. But, you know, he's got two little kids and a wife who's a nurse. And he's got his own business that, he, you know, and, and COVID, you know, and his kids, his yeah. kid is uh, his son is still at school at home. And uh, but you know what? We made it work. His thing was, uh, it was actually Gary's idea, fuck it, let's not fly, let's not take that risk, let's just take a bus. Our manager scrambled and scrambled and scrambled, and we finally found a bus to get us there. Uh, it was a great trip there. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And it was an amazing trip while we were there. We're all really happy with the songs. Uh, all four major sports were going on at the same time, which never happens. Because So at the end of each recording day, we were watching the basketball playoffs. We were watching the hockey Stanley Cup finals. There, We didn't really watch any baseball. Um, and then football started towards the end of our uh, – we had our, our first Sunday there was the first football Sunday. So we took the day off from the studio and just made football food and sat around and drank beers and watched football. It was great. Um, and then on the way home, th the bus started breaking down um, before we even got out of town. And it just kept breaking down and kept breaking down and kept breaking down. And so we got home about uh, 24 or 48, I don't know. Some, we got home a day or two later than we were supposed to, and we ended up arriving in rental cars. <laughs> and uh, is, that, is that more common, the bus breaking down, is that more common in the States than it is in the UK? Because that, I, see, I see that happen a lot in the US, so just because you're driving like a billion miles more. A billion miles more, yeah. And uh, more space in between things. And also, th this was because all of these buses have been sitting for 
eight months. Right. Yeah, of course. And, of course. you know, you people aren't going out and starting them up and letting them do things. So, you know, unfortunately, some of these buses are 10, 12, 15 years old. You know, they just, it's just, they don't operate well yeah. if they're not being run, you know, all the time. And um, so I, I can't really, I mean, buses do break down. I think you're probably more sensitive to it because when it happens to us, you're sort of in the know and you're like, God damn it again. But it doesn't yeah. happen quite <laughs> as often as it seems probably, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, shit breaks. Normally it breaks. Somebody comes out, they fix it and you're done. You know, um, this was a different ball game because we're traveling home on a Sunday or a weekend, whatever, during COVID and yeah. getting help and, you know, all of that, um, you know, it was a mess, but we did get home. And so, yeah, this record, we're super excited about it. And so what we did was we came home, we went back to work on songs people actually liked volume two, which we had kind of just I, I had just kind of stopped working on that once the COVID thing hit. I was just mm. like, I can't do it. Uh, and so we're going to release that in December. Songs People Actually Liked Volume 2 will come out in December. And then this new album will come out sometime in the spring. Um, and we're, you know, we're hoping to start releasing songs from it, though, right after the first of the year, you know, leading up to it. And uh, cool. it's exciting, man. I mean, we're stoked about it. And uh, it's it's the honestly, it's the first time where normally the guys just don't say anything like they play the songs or whatever. And they're, you know, like, OK, you know, this is the thing, whatever. But like every night, Chris Bernie you would just be like, oh, my God, Jarrett, this fucking song is so fucking good. And, you know, it was just uh, and, and the time that we had together, we really needed it. And it was good for us. It was good for our band. Good for us as people. Um, and made it made it easier to come back quarantine again, um, and you know, kind of just gave us gave us a little fuel to keep going. Um, yeah. But as I said, the other thing that's going on a live stream show December oh sorry November seventh. Uh, there are two shows one one for uh, you know obviously our UK audiences to be able to watch. So that's at two o'clock Central Time, which is three o'clock eastern eight o'clock in the uk and then we'll do another eight o'clock central time which is uh nine eastern and that is uh two o'clock in the morning in the uk uh but that but november set full production on a sound stage um socially distanced no audience and um it's gonna be great fun i mean it, it really is so I, I was bummed that we had to put that off that would have actually happened uh this past weekend but uh i got i got um we had a uh, a COVID positive niece come to our house to help celebrate um, Everett's birthday uh, on his real birthday, which was a Thursday, and then uh, she tested positive on Saturday. So we shut the world down on Saturday. His birthday party was supposed to be Sunday. So we got to tell a seven-year-old turning eight that his birthday party was canceled. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And uh, it, it wasn't the most pleasant thing in the world, but he's a pretty easygoing dude. Um, but yeah, man, he had just gotten back into karate. He had just gotten back into, um, into baseball, you know, and all of a sudden he can't do any of that stuff. Um, uh, but we're, we're free as of today. And, uh, if you want to hear more about that shit, um, go listen to the Rockstar Dad Show because the last couple of episodes I've like really given you all the details of the shit and, uh, reactions and things like that. And you can hear what's going on with Gary too. But that's pretty much what's going on with BFS, man. Awesome. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, I don't think you said, but bowlingforsoup.com to find ticket links. Always go to bowlingforsoup.com if you have any questions. Yep. You can speak to venues, but, yeah, that's the best place to find all of the tickets. Um, a couple of things from a UK perspective uh, that, obviously, we don't know what's going on. We don't really know what's going on in the US right. in the same way that we do here. Um, the reason people are nervous about a May tour announcement, I think, is because they put new restrictions in place in the UK and said this will probably last six months now. Right. And that six months will take us up to like three weeks before the tour, I think. Right. So I think obviously all, all, I, all I would say is we, we are just going to do as we're told in terms of the tour. It's not, you know, we don't get to override the government or anything like that. So we will only do things that are safe. Yeah. Um, right. And, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, it will be the safest for the fans, the safest for the band, the safest for the crew, the safest for the security, everybody. Safety is number one. And if, if we don't feel like it's going to be a safe environment, then the, then the tour will be postponed. Um, I, I can guarantee you that you're not going to lose any money by going ahead and grabbing your ticket. I also 100% understand if it's something you want to wait and get later when you feel a little bit more confident. Um, I, you're not going to hurt my feelings either way. I just, I, I do also know that people are going to be excited about the prospect of getting back out and watching live music. So I think there's a chance these shows are going to sell fairly quickly and they're not the largest venues in the world. Um, so I don't know. Just, I, I would just say, you know, proceed um, however you feel the most comfortable. I, I hope it's that, uh, you grab a ticket, and we grab a flight, and we're all playing music and singing Bowling for Soup songs together. Um, you know, here in six, eight months, and six or seven months. So um, that's all I can say about it. But again, um, you're not going to hurt my feelings as a fan if you're like, "Hey, man, I just don't feel comfortable buying this right now." And uh, I will 100% make sure that you don't get ripped off if you do, and the show doesn't happen for whatever reason. Uh, one other thing before we get into the meat of the show that obviously, as expected, we've seen already complaints about why aren't you coming to this city? Why aren't you coming to that city? Right. I think one thing that's that's lost in the memories of people really is that up until, what, seven years ago, you were doing 20 dates on a tour. Oh, yeah. You could put her everywhere in one go. Yeah. Now you're having to split that into two. That's all that's happening is, that is, is you're not getting to go to every place. So. Fantastic observation, Daniel. That is spot on. Uh, we used to come over and do 21. We, we actually did 28 dates one time uh, covering, you know, multiple cities in Scotland, multiple cities in Wales. I mean, um, you know, um, multiple Irish shows. Um. That's not something we can do anymore. Uh, it's not a physical uh, age thing. It's a family thing. It's a um, it's a logistics thing. I mean, we have children. I've had kids, obviously, the whole time. But now Gary's got kids. But also, not only do I have kids, I have responsibilities outside of Bowling for Soup. So does Gary, you know. Um, so it, it's just not feasible for us to be over there longer than 10 days or so. And so you're exactly right. We, we've been – and we have been doing this for several years. We've been doing the thing where we come over, we do the major markets, and then we come back over, and then we do a smaller uh, city run. And I think this one's cool. I think by the sea, surf, surf the UK, that's a freaking great idea, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, everyone should just be grateful that this uh, – for unfortunate reasons, but this got moved to the summer 
and we're not all going to be there in December because right. I didn't want to go to any of those places <laughs> in December. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> when you when you announced the when you, sorry when you when you mentioned the Christmas tour in February. And it's like another B market tour. And I was just like, son of a bitch, if I'm in Bexhill yeah. during a storm ever yeah. again in my life. <laughs> is that that place? Is it called Bexhill yeah. by the Sea? Is that that, that yeah, spot? Yeah, Bexhill on Sea. Yeah, Bex and that, we're going Holy there again. Holy fuck. Yeah, I saw that we're going there again. <laughs> but my God, that weather. I, I mean, son of a bitch. It was like yeah. you just expected Dorothy and Toto to fly by anytime. You know, it was just. <laughs> whack and it's so funny because my wife was there and she's like okay i'm gonna go out and, and get some food and i go i don't <laughs> think you are actually you nope. know I, I really don't I, and, and I, it was <laughs> it's such a weird little town you couldn't get food delivered and so when i was like you know i'm getting breakfast for the crew in the morning so it's the first thing one of the first things i do in the day and i go on my phone and i'm like right so i have to go and collect the food and then i walk outside and i'm just like oh fuck yeah. what is happening yeah oh my god yeah it what was uh that's that's so funny because most of the even the English people or or United Kingdom British people whatever even the people who are from over there, um who who would talk to me about that were like I've never even heard of that city, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, never heard of that place in my life. <laughs> but I Not am really excited too there. because I don't think we've been to Bath since me and Eric went there on an acoustic tour and uh, we kept calling it Bath. And um, <laughs> we did like tons and tons of press that day. I'll never forget it because we just kept going. It's good to be in Bath, and uh, but you know I how I say that is Bath because I'm a fucking Texan, so Bath. Um, now I am stoked, and you know what? Here's the thing. Here, and, and, and Daniel, this is the deal. I'm gonna speak to you fuckers in the UK like you're Americans. You have six fucking months to plan your travel, and book a hotel. So don't give me any shit. Just fucking try. How long does it take to get from the northernmost part of the country to the southernmost part, Daniel? How long? Four hours? I mean, I think even on public transport, it's like six, seven hours. Okay, six or seven hours. Do you know if I leave Dallas to drive to Los Angeles, it's 26 hours. When I'm halfway, I'm in El Paso, Texas. Okay, so I, I had this conversation just just the other day on the fan page with someone who is from where I'm from, and I was like, Blackpool is sixty miles away. It will take you half an hour. Yeah. It will take you thirty minutes to drive. If you're in Dallas, if you're if you're near where Jarrett lives and you drive for thirty minutes, you're in Dallas. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. If there was a show going on and it wasn't in Dallas, yeah, that's he doesn't have a choice. Oh, it's, it's so true. I mean, dude. I mean, we drive. An hour and 20 minutes. I had an acoustic show that was an hour and a half away from my house, and it was just in Fort Worth, which is hooked on. To, it's all one thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're so right, though, man. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a funny thing. But, I, you know, in all seriousness, you know, make it a thing. Make it a trip. Come hang with us. Go to, go to multiple shows. I promise you it's going to be worth it. And, uh, man, I'm just I, – I cannot fucking wait. I, that's probably going to be – the first time we will have been on stage in front of people in over a fucking year. It's crazy. So it's I can crazy. only imagine the shows you're going to get. I, I can only imagine. Okay, we've talked shit about people enough. Let's get into the <laughs> show. So, sorry if you look. You know this 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 podcast we make for the fan page, and then we yeah, berate we just talk everyone. Shit about 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Well, it's funny, uh, and I think I've told you this before, like, right, that every other musician goes through this, even if they're English. Cause Frank, oh, yeah. Because I was, me and Frank Turner talked about this extensively, and, and he gets the same shit, you know, and it's like, yeah. you fucking live there, and they still give you shit for not playing yeah. 30 months. The one that always drives me the craziest is... Uh, Cardiff and Bristol because they're 20 minutes away <laughs> yeah. and yep. that one kills me it absolutely kills me because it, 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 it would be silly for us to play w both because a lot of people do travel from one to the other in, in, in the only defense I have for British people the thing is that driving is not as it's not as much of a default in this country as it is yes, I do in the know US. That. I do know So that. not a lot of people, well, I mean, obviously a lot of people drive, but lots of people also don't drive. And yeah. if the last train home is at 10.30 at night, then you can't go to a show. So right. I, I get I get it, but that's what hotels are I for, do understand that. Yeah, and you got to check out this travel lodge thing. They're super cheap and they got pizza 24-7. <laughs> 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 so... Um, one of the one of the complaint actually i've seen a few people complaining about um vip ticket prices it doesn't include a, a ticket to the show the thing is if you don't buy the ticket to the show as your vip package then you can choose if you want to stand up or sit down that's obviously very important right now and also um if anyone wants to go and have a look at tickets there's still some available for elton john's farewell tour you can pay 400 pounds for a vip package <laughs> to get a photo with his piano <laughs> so fuck you is what i'm saying basically do they not include the, i thought they included the, i i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't know any of this stuff there, there's a certain area of the of the business of the of the logistics where i just have to i can't there's no way i can have it all in my head so the decision gets made to okay we're going to do a vip yes i make the decisions on what's going to be there what we're going to do all of that but as far as like the pricing and this and how they're sold and what sites and all of that stuff i can't there's no way i could do that with everything else that i fucking do it's 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 totally normal and it's simply an upgrade that's what you have to consider it as and as far as prices go please remember that inflation applies to concert tickets the same way it does everything else i see people all the time like well when i saw fucking when i saw eminem on the anger management tour in 2004 it cost me 20 pounds like well that was in 2004, so it's irrelevant yeah um so let's talk about uh bone with soup in the news i've skipped over anything that was a tour announcement or um or a live stream announcement because I knew we would talk about those things. So just a few things out of the ordinary. Um, just one one article in, uh, I think it's a Canadian um, news site called The Charlatan. Uh, my first concert since COVID. And it was just a guy saying that he is his last, he went to the one of these driving concerts, but the last show that he ever went to before the pandemic was he flew over to the UK to see the February tour because Simple Planner is favorite band. And he said this thing, he said, the concert was everything I hoped for. I made friends in the crowd. I sang my lungs out to all of the classic Simple Plan songs I grew up to I grew up listening to. I moshed with the people around me and I crowd surfed my way out of the show as Bowling for Soup finished with 1985. That day I was living my best life. Oh. And I read that and I was like, fuck, do I miss live music? Yeah, that's pretty fucking great, man. I mean, just, you know, imagine that. Imagine you know, making that journey, having that experience, fucking great. That's awesome. Uh, the next thing is in the uh, Houston Press, uh, a 
just, just a dumb thing, but they do these things called reviews for the easily distracted. And they pick, it's, it's basically a different approach to reviewing movies. And this one is called Enola Holmes, some kind of um, Sherlock Holmes spin-off novel, I guess. And they, they, one of the categories they used is describe this movie in one Bowling for Soup lyric. <laughs> and it was, uh, I got beat up with, a, I got beat up by a girl with the right hook straight out of Rocky. Tyson's got nothing, or maybe she got lucky. And I thought, that's such a, what a wild choice. That, did we ever even release that song? On the demos for Drunk Enough to Dance demos. that you released on a Kickstarter or something. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, Drunk Enough for Demos, that's right. Yes. Got beat up um, by a girl with the right hook straight out of Rocky. Yeah. Tyson's got nothing, or maybe... Okay, either way, inside my aching head, you know I'll never live it down. Yeah, I, I remember that song. You know, I was talking to Lisa Fox a couple of hours ago about uh, something on, that happened on one of the tours, and she said, oh, it was the night we were talking about this, and I was like, oh, I don't remember that. And she said, well, there was a lot of singing, and I was like, oh, so it was every night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every night is just Jared gets drunk and then sings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not far off until Coach bangs on the door, and then yeah. I get puffed up about it and yell at Dave because Coach is trying to sleep. <laughs> like, go to a fucking hotel, you know? I'm just kidding, Coach, I love you. <laughs> so the uh, the last thing last uh, unusual article was a buzzfeed article um which is it's it's the height of journalism so it was an article called myspace era celebrity photos and the entirety of it was it says bowling for soups jarrett reddick holding a bunch of brats yeah um yeah. why why is there a photo of you holding a bunch of brats dolls because they didn't bother to find out why uh That's... it was a i remember that article actually it was something about um, it was like a scene scenes band uh, throwing you back into the early two thousands or something. So it was just like each each person had had something else in the picture that was from that time period or whatever. And okay. uh, the only reason I even had those Bratz dolls was because we had gotten them in a in a gift tent, um, at some show, uh or maybe an award show or something. And uh, I ended up selling those on eBay, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I probably got a couple of bucks for them. But uh, I wish I had them now. I could fucking, you know, write my name on them and put them in a frame with that article. And damn it, I didn't fucking anticipate COVID, Daniel. Or or BuzzFeed. You didn't think of that one. I didn't think of BuzzFeed. No, or no. you would have invented it. So that, That's <clears throat> accurate for sure. Uh, steaming, steaming right on. Uh, Bowling for Soup in history. Uh, so we're looking at the 9th of October, 2013. So seven years ago today um, was the Union Chapel acoustic show or the first night of the farewell tour that was released on the DVD. Oh, um, shit. Wow. So, yeah, what a, <laughs> what a seven six, years ago. Seven fucking years ago. Yeah, man. I mean, and it's funny because those songs from that performance come up a bunch. Um, just if I'm on YouTube or whatever. Uh, and... What a great show that was. Uh, and a great mm. DVD, by the way, if you guys don't have the uh, Bowling for Soup live at an English church. Check it out. It's super fun because just watching the crowd, like, sing along every word and just... just And, the... and everyone is sober because it was a church and they yeah. didn't sell alcohol. I I sat and watched a Bowling for Soup show and I drank a cup of hot cocoa. I was <laughs> That's a real thing that happened. It really? I was not sober, Daniel. Uh, no. No, not at all. 
It was uh, no, you know, I was going through a divorce at home, and I uh, was away and um, didn't know if my band. I, part of that, part of the whole farewell thing was I didn't know if we were even gonna be a band anymore, and um, but I couldn't say that out loud. And uh, yeah. so I was stressed, and I was tired, and hurt, and anxious, and just. Uh, but it, it doesn't show. It doesn't show in the performance. Uh, the performance is great, and Eric's great in that, and we have a great. I time. think. I think uh, if you watch that DVD, knowing those things, I think there are songs where it does show. Yeah. Uh, definitely, because I remember. I remember on the night there being one moment where I was like. Fuck, man! Is he gonna make it through this tour? Yeah. This is rough. This yeah. is hard to watch. Right? Not because it was bad; it was great. But I think the a lot songs of where you're supposed to feel sad, you were fucking sad. So yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 totally. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, it's funny. It's it's an interesting retort to those of us thinking that we were those people thinking that we were taking the piss by doing the farewell tour. It's like I could basically just give you a synopsis of my year that year, and then show you this performance, and you'd probably go, oh. Okay, well, yeah, he probably didn't know whether or not they were going to be a band anymore. I mean, I yeah. I had to come back to fucking therapy after that to to try and figure out what the fuck I was doing. You know, it's crazy, yeah. crazy time. Um, I the the other thing about that show is that that is without context, it's impossible to know. But because you you weren't supposed to drink on stage, but you were able to get around that because it was part of the performance. You weren't yeah. supposed to drink because it was in a church. But I think that that for that reason, if you watch that show, you see Jarrett, uh, Maximum Jarrett, which is someone's told me I can't do something. So now I'm going to do every single thing that I shouldn't do. <laughs> like, I mean, fucking swearing and drinking and talking about Jesus and just fucking, <laughs> man. It was like, yeah. wow. Someone really tried to tell him what to do today. Huh? Yeah, that's that is certainly a thing. Everybody knows my uh, first um, whale story. I've told that a bunch of times, but I also did one thing where we played um, we played a thing down in Austin at South by Southwest, and we were still on Jive Records, and our whole label was there. Everybody came over to the thing, and and it was a the artist known as her name's Katie Lang, and she's uh, very big into. Um, uh, she's a lesbian, and uh, so they fucking uh, told me not. Well, to... How how were you trying to word that? The first she's very big into. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Being a lesbian, vaginas. She's very big into vaginas, right. and mm. uh, anyway, okay. she's a lesbian, and and I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is they they the label people told me don't say anything about lesbians, right? Well, the fucking half the crowd were lesbians, you know, and so how was I? It's not. Uh, that's not a bad word. It's not, you can't, I mean, fuck it. If it was all gay dudes, you'd be like, hey, you're a bunch of gay dudes. This is fucking great. You know what I mean? And uh, so I, <laughs> I did this whole fucking bit about, um, uh, cause we had done one where we talked about uh, vaginas taste like French fries. Well, they had fried chicken on the, uh, on the buffet that was going on. And so I did a whole taste like chicken thing comparing genitals and stuff. And um, it, uh, the, literally people from Jive Records started leaving. <laughs> and after <laughs> it was over, every single person in the crowd was like, that was the fucking funniest show we've ever been to. Holy shit. You know, it's like I, you, you can't. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, and th- that story is not why they got dropped from the label. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think people are... T- I, I get, obviously, that was a fucking long time ago. That was probably 2004 or five, six, maybe. Um, and, of course, now it's fucking cancel culture and you can't say anything. It's it's like, I uh, I don't know. Don't come to my show if you don't expect to hear some fucked up shit. It's just going to happen. And I love you guys very much. Uh, moving on. Bowling for Soup on camera. Uh, the fan page voted that they want to hear about the Almost video today. Almost video is an interesting one because um, it, it th- those were the really fun videos to make because th- when we were on Jive, we would get real budgets and, you know, we ended up getting a high school to do that. We got a high school, uh, I think it was a Sunday. It was either a Sunday or it was during the summer because there was nobody there. So we just basically had the run of this um that of just the gym and then the out outskirts of the of the high school, and um, so those days though were always a lot of fun because we got to hang out with each other all day and then watch each other do all this crazy shit and um, you know so <laughs> the the one thing I, I'll I'll tell I'll give you a few tidbits. Um, first of all, Gary. When he does the uh, bouncing onto the horse and racks himself, he actually did rack himself um, and was pretty hurt. I mean, somebody always got hurt during all those videos. Uh, in 1985, Eric busted his chin open. Chris sprained his ankle. Uh, but here, Gary had busted his nuts. Uh, the scene where uh, Chris is doing the thing from old school where he's like got the ribbon and doing the dance he didn't want to do that because he was tired of us doing spoof videos but chris gets these things in his head sometimes where he's like he he doesn't really understand the reason why we're doing it he just thinks like we're he's being told to do this spoof thing and it was like the, the point of it is is we're trying to throw this back to that oh it's like the scene in old school or whatever like that's the whole yeah. point of it and uh, anyway, he did it, and he did a fucking great job at it. He's he's awesome in it, and uh, he's you know. Then the um, the uh, that when Eric is jumping over the hurdles, he's not wearing underwear. So if it, we got to zoom in really really far, you can actually see his balls. Uh, and he did fucking eat shit on that one hurdle, man. He really took one for the team on that deal. Um, and then uh, the but my favorite, but the best story to tell for me is there's a scene that got cut and it was me being a soccer goalie and they brought in like an actual fucking soccer player guy to kick goals at me and this motherfucker first kick hits that thing and it does that deal where it hooks and he popped me right in the fucking nose and I literally left (laughs) my feet and hit the ground on my back and I was just like you better have got that and they were not rolling camera Oh, son of a bitch. And so my nose is bleeding and all swollen um and just I'm all my face is all fucked up looking. And so the rest of that scene I'm I'm I was super angry. I don't think I don't think the soccer stuff even made it in though. I don't think that's Yeah, I didn't I, I Yeah. Not from I, I mean I don't yeah. know for definite. Um being famous sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh that was not great. But yeah, the performance on that one was really fun. And um, you know, the the 
just the you know it was cool to to like I liked that we incorporated the you know we we took those colors afterwards and we we did like a whole merch campaign on it and and uh, that that's that's still to this day one that's that's definitely my top five of our videos for sure um, you know just something really really fun and then it's it's fun at the end because we all get chicks and except for Eric who uh, gets chased by somebody I can't remember what happens at the end but. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a great, great, great fun video for us to make. And uh, oh, the and then the performance. You know, it's funny how many comments he uh, it, Gary just showed up with that shirt that said pants, and people talk about that all the time. Yeah, that's, that is great. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the deal where I think I catch a pick in my mouth or something at the end of that, yeah. and my hair was real fucking crazy on in that video too. Um, but just a yeah, that was a really really fun one. I see. I occasionally see people say that you should get your hair like that again. And when I say people, I mean I'm pretty sure it's Lucy Murray. And I'm just like, no, that that shouldn't happen for sure. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, don't, that's do a, that. don't do that. That's a smidge dated, right? It was <laughs> yeah. A, that's uh, a, that is a time, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally agree. It's um, you know, I mean that could come back, but it was very much like a like almost like an emo thing, but also like Nikki Six thing. It was it was a, right, a very yeah. interesting hairdo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, see those were the days though, man. Like I, I would go like four or five days without showering because my hair looked better the dirtier it got. And the, and like the guys would be like, seriously, this is true. Like, man, I know your hair looks good, dude, but you smell terrible. Like you have to take a shower <laughs> and, and I get it right. You know, cause we're in close quarters. I, nobody needs yep. to be stinking. Um, but I uh, and I don't like to do the thing where I shower and don't wash my hair because then it makes my makes it feel extra dirty. So mm. anyway, um, uh, I shower. The next thing, <clears throat> the next thing that the fan page voted for is to hear the story behind turbulence. I always find it interesting the songs that the fan page picks um, because they're they're songs that I talk about a lot. Um, yeah, I as I was writing the notes for this one, I thought I may do some steering next time I do these polls <laughs> in the fan page because I'd I, I mean I could read the lyrics and, and understand this one but yeah but is, I, there I, any, is there anything fun to know what like interesting should I say not fun but. I'm gonna tell you a couple of things about this song first of all um I, I was at my old older house um the house that I was in in my previous life and uh Linus was coming in we were already uh in in the midst of uh, of of doing fishing for woos and fishing for woos started as a collections of a collection of songs that hadn't made it on uh, the last record or two and then it was like also me just writing shit and um, kind of in a hurry but less I guess in a hurry isn't the right word it, the a better a better way to say it is just very, very motivated. I was ready to have something that we could play shows and and put in people's hands. Because, sorry for partying, we got dropped. We didn't get that back. Like, it was it. I mean, you know, we couldn't even have CDs. To You know, we, we if we bought CDs from them, we would have to buy them at this ridiculous distributor price. And we no possible way for us to make any money on them. And, you know, it just sucked. The whole thing fucking sucked. Um, so there's just a lot going on in life at the time, and Linus had just landed, and and we got to my house, and I, we had a, we were sitting in the living room, which we never wrote in the living room. I had a really nice little studio where, you know, 
I recorded all the people on vacation stuff and all of the Bowling for Soup stuff back then. Um, just And that's usually where we wrote. Uh, but he was just like, man, I was just sitting there thinking as I was on this plane, like it's so weird how we're everybody on here is going from one place to another for a different reason. And if you think about how simple that is, okay. But if you really let that sort of start to expand and sort of become, uh, you know, what it really is, God, that's crazy. Think about like all of those stories and all of that stuff, right? Well, at the same time, I go, dude, this is so crazy. But I said, uh, I go, you know, I was talking to my neighbor who's an airline pilot. And I, I, he was washing his car with his shirt off, and it was a Corvette. And uh, so he was obviously going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> but I said, um, I go, uh, you know, like, what's it like for you guys? Like, if you're up there and, like, the turbulence hits and it's just like, you know, the rest of us back in the back are freaking out. He goes, honestly, Jarrett, those are just bumps in the road. And I was like, oh, Fuck. So I had that. I was sitting on this thing that turbulence was just bumps in the road, right? Yeah. And here's he comes in, and I go, dude, we should fucking write this song right now. And we did. We just sat there, and we, we wrote it, and, and it was just like, again, so hard to figure out which way to turn. No going back now. Your bridge is burned. Stars are going to shine on you. But if you can get through the day, that's the whole point, right? We gotta just, you got you to gotta just kind of keep pushing on, you know? Uh, and we are all just passengers in this life, in this world, and that was the whole point of that, too. It's like, you know, th everybody's destination is different, um, but it's kind of the same, right? I mean, we're all rolling through this, and, you know, we all have different goals and things like that, but, you know, there's a beginning and an end. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we, we sort of get a little bit more motivational, in the second verse, take a look around you, look how far you've come, your whole life in front of you, you've only just begun. And here comes the line, we've all got our problems, but they're just bumps in the road. So we took that turbulence and made that into this whole thing where I can say to people sometimes, you know, when they talk to me about depression, anxiety, I can be like, you know, you, you have these bumps in the road, but that's all they are. You're not, you're not a fucking test dummy hitting a uh, a brick wall, you know, it, you, you, some, sometimes it seems like a hill, but it's still a bump. And, um, and then, you know, and then of course there's the, um, the bridge where we kind of wrap it all up and just, you know, say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for you and, uh, and you can make it and that kind of thing. So I, I, th that's pretty much where that song came from, but I want to tell, a, a, say a little bit of something about the, about that song and, uh, give a shout out to my kazoo crew. Um, I, uh, at the beginning of the, all of this COVID stuff, <clears throat> I wasn't having the easiest time. I, uh, in fact, so after that show, and then once those first shows were canceled, and then the second, then the next shows got canceled, and then it was like, okay, and it doesn't look like these are going to happen, and your kids aren't going back to school, and this and that. Um, I was really, um, I was in a pretty dark place, uh, I, I, and I couldn't figure out why. And I just did a stage it show one day and man, I felt better. Like I was just like, holy shit, this is fucking great. So a couple of days later I did another one and then I did two more. And then the next week I did four more. And what I came to realize was, is like if I was out there and I was doing things, I was planning to do things and I was doing it and, 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 and successfully completing a project or a task or a show or whatever it was that I felt better. And it was that yeah. what I did, what I realized was 
my life has been on a calendar for all of my adult life. I, I go on tour and then I come home and there's another tour or another group of shows that are six weeks, two weeks, three weeks, four, however many weeks down the road. And then in between there, that's when it's like, okay, well, here's where I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in family. I'm going to do Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going to, you know, that, all of this stuff. And then I yeah. go back to that. All of that was gone. And yeah. my calendar was empty. It still is. And I, I was just like, that's got to be what it is. And so um, there's a point to this, Daniel. I when I started doing all those stages, I tried to keep everything super upbeat. Like so I didn't do any ballads. And then one day I played that song and just the response from the Kazoo crew, if you know you know, uh was insane. And literally they wanted to hear it every single show. They would be like we we want to hear you know. And it sort of just became this thing where it's where I realized it's not a sad song. It's a fucking uplifting song. It's a song about hope and and um and you know and triumph and and getting through things in life that are hard. And that's what that's why they latched onto it. Yeah, it brought people to tears. Me it brought me to tears a couple of times. Uh and I played it different a lot. Um but it's a very very powerful song and I'm actually as I'm Thinking back to when we first started talking about doing this song earlier, and, and I was just like, "It's interesting that you would they would pick this. This is probably why it got picked because um, that they yeah. that that that's probably why is that um, it has been such a big factor in a lot of people's um, sanity since March, yeah, and through all of this, and uh, definitely." A uh, huge factor in in the many many stage it shows that I did leading up to uh, to August. Do you think writing a song like that was a, a a turning point in a, in a sense? Because even though you'd written a ballad for every album, that one looked so much more at general life difficulties mm. rather than it being a love song. Yeah, well, I feel like kind of. I feel like when we die was really that song. Um, I, I feel like when we die was that turning point of like, um, okay, you can, you can, you can, yeah, it, you, it doesn't have to be a love song. You can talk about real life. You can talk about, you can hint at shit with your parents. You can hint at shit with your relationship. And as long as you keep it general, people will be able, able to identify with it. You know, whereas yeah. like if, if it's, uh, you know, if it's, um, surf Colorado or something, you know, you, you may find something in there to relate to, but you're not going to relate to that, you know, as much as you would like a, when we die or turbulence, because that's my story. I'm telling you what happened to me. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, but yes, I mean, too, it's, it's like, I think with turbulence too, it, it was even more general and, um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, I, there's a there comes a point in writing songs like that where there's a you're nervous to do it at first you know like the the first songs that actually mean something to you you're kind of scared especially when you're like fucking putting out songs about basketball and you know farts and you know just and and even the relationship songs like back in the day I would twist them to make them silly so that people didn't know I really had feelings you know yeah and uh, but yeah I mean I, I yeah I think. Uh, for sure, those those kind of songs open doors and kind of leave them open for you. 
Yeah. Uh, right, we're quite short on time. Last last thing before we ask questions is, uh, what are you listening to at the moment? Uh, I love the band Don't Panic. Um, there is a band called Don't Panic that is out there, and it just happens to be Rob's brother, Ted. Um, man, it is great, great stuff. Y'all go check them out. Um, I'm uh, obviously listening to a lot of Trolls soundtrack because that is what my uh, son <laughs> wants to listen to all the time, Trolls World Tour. <laughs> and awesome. uh, so I know all of those songs. I've, uh, you've, if you haven't seen my rant on uh, TikTok about Crazy Train, uh, go check that out because it's you know you got Ozzy was the devil when I was a kid and uh, literally yeah. the devil and now he puffy haired trolls do it and my child just runs around singing Crazy Train all the time it is the fucking weirdest <laughs> shit of all time um, but yeah I uh, and then I I've been on a a bit of a social distortion kick lately I um, just kind of put it on random social D stuff. And I uh, fucking rancid too. Like I, I can't, I feel like rancid is just, just a perfect band. It's just a perfect goddamn band, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what consumes, you know? And again, I, I, I will tell you guys this also, and maybe I should just say this, right? You asked me what I'm listening to. Obviously I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, so I love Sword and Scale is is um, but I'm and I'm all caught up. So if you love true crime, Sword and Scale is fucking amazing. The great thing about it too is he's kind of kept the show the same, so you can start at the beginning and just go through, or you can go backwards or whatever. And then um, I like a new one called Already Gone. Uh, it's it's also true crime. Uh, and um, lastly, Southern Fried True Crime. I like that one too. There you go. Um... So we'll quickly try and do a few questions from the fan page. Um, I'm wildly aware that this is a very deep question to ask quickly, but I, <laughs> I don't want to not ask it. Okay. Um, Paul Phelan asked, when you were going through the tough times, what helped you the most to come through it? Uh, first of all, that's a great question. Let me also just say that next week, uh, Punk Rock Saves Lives is going to launch a new shirt, a Bowling for Soup shirt, uh, Tastes Like Chicken. Uh, because in my interview with them, I, I basically said, you know, as part of the stigma, you know, as if, if, if it just, you, you know, it should just be like, taste like chicken. We should be able to talk about it. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the, you know, as you know, it, frog legs, like don't eat frog legs. Uh, they're fine. It tastes like chicken, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, so there's a taste like chicken shirt coming out. I don't know if I explained that very well, but it, it fucking makes <laughs> I sense. Don't I don't know what you're talking about, but maybe it's just me. Anyway, Punk Rock Saves Lives organization. I'm a I'm I am an ambassador for, and it's all about awareness of uh, mental health stuff. So I just wanted to give a plug to that shirt because it it is a great cause. Uh, what helped me first? What helped me the most? Not keeping it inside. So what the 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 biggest and most helpful thing for me was when I started to talk about it. Um, and at first that was with, um, a couple of friends and then it was with my wife now who was my girlfriend at the time. Um, and then, uh, a therapist and then my doctor, um, every time I would just talk through things, I would just feel instantly better. It's just a weird thing of how once you just put things out into the world, vocally 
audibly, I guess I should say, uh, it, it just releases pressure. Your chest feels less tight. Your shoulders feel less um, like you've got a small child on your fucking shoulders at Disneyland. You know, <laughs> it just makes you feel better. Um, so that was that was the main thing. And, and, and also giving myself a break. Um, and this is important to talk about, Daniel, during this time because, um, you know, we all got locked into our houses back in April, March, April, whatever. And I think we all, everybody, I think, put a little bit of pressure on yourself to like, okay, well, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to finish cleaning out the garage or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And, and though maybe you did those things and maybe you didn't, but if you didn't, your job right now is to survive a fucking pandemic. That's yeah. it. You don't have yeah. to come out of this going, hey, man, here's all the shit I accomplished during the pandemic. No. Instead, you need to come out of this going, I fucking survived a pandemic. And yeah. I'm, and, and I'm uh, sane. I think going back to what we were saying earlier as well, it it was easy in March for people to go, right, I'm going to probably get like maybe a month at home, so I'll get fit and I'll do this and that. But yeah. nobody thought it was going to be like, we never know when the world will be normal again. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. So no. yeah, of course, it's it's now become a survival thing more it's than It's a survival. Yeah, it is. And I, again, I, I think, but even then, uh, you know, I, I guess around April, May is really when that started to sink in of like, God damn it, man, you don't have to put some sort of a, of a clock on you going, all right, well, by this time, I'm going to have the attic cleaned out. Do you guys have attics there? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Because um, I cause I realize that I'm doing this in a bilingual situation. Like, we don't always speak the same language. Um, True. By the way, me and Daniel have a podcast coming out and uh, another one, and it is going to be awesome, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, – all I can say is, um, for the, those of you asking me about mental health, about um, uh, about your own struggles, someone else's struggles, the best thing you can do is is talk to someone. And if you don't have issues, be a good listener. A great place to start, obviously, is your doctor or your therapist. I realize that things are different in different countries. Daniel and I talk in great detail about this a lot. Um, so if you need to start in a simpler place start on the bowling for soup fan page you will find so many friends there who are just willing to listen there's people there that will take your call 24 hours a day there's people there that will get on chat with you and then they have a separate site um where they actually have um they're, they're not therapists they're just people that are there to listen to you um bowling for bowling for soup mental health what's it called that it? Uh, yeah, fan page, mental health page. Mental health page like or whatever. They have four, four or five administrators, and there's like one online pretty much 24 hours. It's crazy. Um, lots of options to find a friend to just listen. And um, you don't even have to be a Bowling for Soup fan, and I, and I really do mean that. I, it's, it's just a great community of awesome people. Okay, um, we're definitely out of time, but I don't want to end on that note because it would be too... Um, important and dramatic for us to do that and we're not like that we're not like so that I'm gonna, at all i'm gonna do some quick fire questions which you are terrible at so try and keep the answers short um okay. andy portman says if you weren't fishing for woos what would you fish for uh <laughs> i was gonna say pussy but <laughs> 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 I'm gonna text your wife 
She well, she would just go up. Oh, that sounds about right. Uh, yep, that if, makes sense. If I weren't fishing for woos, I would be fishing for uh, marlin. Uh, Catherine Itro. I've never known how to pronounce that surname. I say Itro, but it could be Itro. Itro. Okay, I should ask. Uh, what's your favorite venue to play? Manchester Academy, Manchester, UK. Uh, Tom Hammond asks, do you drink craft beers or only the cheap stuff? I only drink Miller Lite. I am not a beer drinker. I drink Miller Lite. That's it. I do not like craft beer. I don't like IPA. I don't even like Bud Light, Coors Light. I like Miller Lite. That's it, which is why I drink vodka when I'm in the United Kingdom. Nathan Talbot says, which of your songs never quite, make it onto, never quite makes it onto a set list, but you wish it did? Oh, shit. Uh, Last Call Casualty. We don't ever play that one live. We actually haven't ever. Um, I think that that would fucking kill. Uh, and maybe it's time we just do that. Um, but yeah, that, that one I think would be a lot of fun to play live. Uh, Wendy Victoria asks, do you have any favorite British comics? And I assume that is stand-up comedians rather than comic books. Right. Uh, I, I like, uh, so I accidentally saw James Carr one time. Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr. I accidentally saw him once, and uh, I'm not a huge British comedy fan, and it's this is not, I'm not talking shit. I just don't really quite get it, like the the, the dryness of the jokes and all of that. Like, I, I even the follow-up to some of the jokes, like, and, and British people will go fucking ape shit, and I'm just like, what is, I? It, because it's just, again, <laughs> just, it's delivery, right? It's the way you guys speak. Um, I, I found Jimmy Carr to be really, really funny, uh, and uh, th- and he did two shows in one night. He did one deal where he's standing up, and then he sits behind a desk and does a whole one man show yep. thing. It was fucking great. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, what is it Eddie Izzard? Is that the guy's name? Eddie Izzard, yeah, yeah, Izzard. Like I think that dude's a genius. Um, so yeah, and and the <laughs> funny thing is over here, uh, everybody thinks. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Oh gosh, he's got a talk show now and everything. He's huge. But he's Australian, but he actually got big in England first, so everybody thinks he's English. But uh, shit, I can't think of it. I'll think of it in a minute and say it, but um, those are kind of the ones that I can think of. Uh, off. Oh, and uh, Phil Jupitus is my favorite uh, comedian, British comedian of all time. Uh, Mike Warmer asks, pancakes or waffles? Oh, gosh, it depends on the day. Uh, my my brother's birthday is March 5th, and mine's the 6th, and my mom would make us breakfast uh, two days a year, and it was on his birthday and mine. So he would always pick pancakes, and I would always pick waffles. Um, I will say that I do probably eat pancakes more than waffles nowadays. <laughs> do you see what I mean? I know that everyone loves hearing you tell stories, so it's it makes great podcasting, but this is what I mean about the quick fire. The question was pancakes or waffles, and you said 45 words. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just it. It's like uh, when an interviewer goes, uh, we should be able to get you done in uh, you know, five, ten minutes, and 45 minutes later, I'm still on the first question. I watch, I watch interviewers so often try to interrupt you, but you just – don't stop talking <laughs> and they don't want to be rude and be like anyway next question right, but yeah um last question just because i think it's a good question john gickler asked um please tell us the story behind your eddie van halen autograph and who is the coolest person who's ever asked you for an autograph oh man uh okay this is fucking great actually those are both great questions um the story about my van halen autograph so um 1985 had been a hit my i i was i'm st- that Part of my catalog is still with Universal Publishing, um, so they'll they'll have that forever, uh, up until 
Um, I don't remember quite when I got off there. Um, but my, um, my rep there was named Jennifer Blakeman. Jennifer Blakeman was actually, had been friends with Eddie Van Halen for years and years and years and years. I mean, just all these photos and stuff. And, that he, you know, he just, I don't know if they had a relationship or if it was just like a little sister thing. I, I never really asked. And maybe I did ask when I was drunk and I just don't remember. But, you know, I mean, they would always get together. And um, she let him hear the song 1985. And uh, he signed um, a uh, autograph for all of us in the band. Uh, but the best, it's just the best is what he wrote. Because he, he wrote, look out for Jarrett. Then he signs it, Eddie Van Halen, 04. And then he just says, P.S. Motley Crue, question mark, question mark. Classic what? More like closet, you know? And it's just so funny. <laughs> closet rock. And, uh, but, you know, I, I, I love the fact that he wasn't put off by the fact that I said, who's the other guy that's seen in Van Halen and, um, mm. and, and just that that lyric struck him enough for him to, to write that down is, is super cool. So, uh, that's just it. The, uh, that, that thing makes that framed, I, those of you who don't know what's going on, uh, my Instagram is J A R E T two one one three. You can see it. Uh, I have a, uh, signed 1985 single, um, uh, by Eddie Van Halen, but that's the story behind that. Uh, coolest person that ever, ever asked my autograph. There's a few. Um, I will say that uh, Trey Cool asked us to sign stuff for his daughter uh, back in the day, which was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's so there's been a bunch of them, a bunch of them like that. But I think the coolest thing that's it, it's not it wasn't an autograph, uh, but it's 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 basically the same thing when you hear the story. Uh, me and Chris Bernie were I, Chris was smoking outside of a studio one time we were recording a song. And uh, I was just standing there with him because I was just getting some air or whatever and um, and hanging out with him. And uh, Mark McGrath had just driven by and we talked to him for a second. And then a guy just rides up on a bicycle and he goes, that's fucking George Lynch. And uh, those of you who don't know who that is, George Lynch was in a band called Dokken when we were kids. Huge hair metal band. And now he's in Lynch Mob, um, and, uh, which is, you know, because his name's George Lynch. He goes, that's fucking George Lynch right there. And so we just walked over to say hello. And uh, so we're gushing at the fact that we're meeting George Lynch, you know, on his bicycle. And uh, he just like, and so who are you guys? Uh, we introduce ourselves. He said, what are y'all doing here? Oh, we're recording. Oh, yeah, what's the name of the band? Bowling for Soup. George Lynch goes, What? Holy shit. Can we call my daughter right now? Like and is is he had a college age daughter at the time <laughs> whose favorite band was Bowling for Soup. So George Lynch from Dokken, who I'd been listening to since the sixth grade, uh, calls his daughter on the phone and puts us on his cell phone to talk to his kid. And uh it was uh it was quite awesome. I gotta tell one and more that's... story, Daniel. I gotta tell one more story. Cause this is a fucking good one. You're gonna like this one. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm at Nam Festival. You guys, Nam Festival is this. It's essentially it's this huge, um, huge conference. Buildings and buildings full of every kind of musical gear is there. But it's the you just and rock stars are just walking around. Mostly gearheads. So guitar player, like really good guitar players, people like that are just walking around because they're doing clinics at their various companies. And if they play their strings, they'll go there and sign shit and all that. So. I'm walking around there, I see a bunch of people I know, you know, but I fucking see Ricky Rocket from Poison. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking stop and get a picture with Ricky Rocket, right? 
So I no. am standing there waiting on Ricky Rocket to finish a conversation, right? And uh, so he stopped. It, his conversation finally stops. And I, this is a true fucking story, Daniel. Uh, his conversation stops, and I go, hey, man, do you mind if I get a photo? And uh, he, goes, he, he goes, yeah, sure. And so I take a picture with him. Then I turn around. There is a line of people waiting to take photos with me. While I'm waiting to take a photo with Ricky Rocket. And so I take my picture with him. I go, thank you, man. Nice to meet you. And I turn around and, and there's a, the, the first girl's like, hey, can I get a photo? And, they're, and then the, all the other people are like, yeah, me too, me too, me too, right? And I just hear Ricky Rocket talk to the guy who he's talking to. And he just goes, who the fuck was that? <laughs> I'll try to post that picture. I'll try to dig that up. I, I'm certain that I can. I'll dig that photo up and um, and put it in the. Uh, I'll I'll try to put that in the post when we release this tomorrow. That's so funny, um, right? So that's that's been an extra special long episode of uh, the BFS fan page rampage. Um, Jarrett, do you have anything to plug? Um, n- no. Well, yeah. Uh, punk rock saves lives. Go check it out again. Great. I, I didn't explain the taste like chicken shirt very well, but it is cool. It's a great cause and um, uh, mental health awareness shit is always my bag. Music cares, by the way. If you have a few extra bucks, they're doing great, 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 great things. Um, all of my charity monies have gone there over the summer. We've raised a shitload of money for them. And, um, you know, follow me everywhere J A R E T 2113. I'm Jarrett Reddick on TikTok. And I'm super happy to be here, man. This has been fun. Let's do this more. Um, you know, I think uh, now that we'll have more to talk about, I think it'll be easier. And plus, as we kick off our podcast, it'll be easier to get these going as well. Yeah. Um, you can find anything that I do by searching Daniel Cotton from Twitter. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Cotton. Uh, please check out my podcast, Hangover You Don't Deserve podcast. And uh, primarily, I have just started streaming on Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash Daniel Cotton from Twitter. I'm trying to get that going as a, an additional source of income. So you don't have to give me any money, but if you watch, then that's very helpful to me. And I'm trying to get to 50 followers. So that would be awesome. Uh, we can do that. Thanks for listening. Get him to 50 followers on Twitch, bitch. It's the BFS fan page rampage. The BFS fan page rampage with Jared Reddick and Daniel Cotton.